0: yourself. Hello there, everybody. It is Carol Jurgensen-Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and we have a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about where couples can go to work on so much of what they are desiring in their life. You know, if a client has experienced relational trauma, sexual addiction, partner trauma, intimacy, anorexia, you know, even post-traumatic stress, it can be very difficult for the couple. And so the beautiful thing is that we have Dorit Reichenthal on, and she is a California MFTI. She's a certified life coach. And she's the founder of Relationship Works Life Coaching, Psychotherapy. And she has just done a great job with creating a retreat center that is elegant, that is serene, and that will clearly be an environment where you would want to get some help. And so I said, hey, I want you on the show so you can talk to us a little bit about this retreat that um, just sounds amazing. And, you know, one of the things that I truly believe is that the environment is really important. So when you've got to do some heavy-duty work, then it's imperative that you find a place that you feel comfortable And oftentimes, people want to be able to really relax and feel like they're getting nurtured. And so I just highly recommend um, going to a facility that is, you know, able to take your life to the next level. And so truly, we... We have somebody who is ready to do that tonight. Now, you know, when I work with addicts and when I work with partners, I just really know that fear and anxiety take over their lives. And for some people, they obsess about it. And for other people, they feel like they're never going to get away from the pain and the agony that accompanies that. And so when that occurs I want to do a deep dive into the fear. And so I was asking some addicts today in my my group, I said, you know, what are the things you fear in your personal life if you weren't even an addict? And what are the fears that you experience as a result of being an addict? And it was really interesting because truly everybody pretty much agreed in a universal fear that a lot of people have, even those that aren't dealing with addiction or partner trauma, and that is they fear not being good enough. You know, there is no doubt when I work with couples and perhaps the couple has gone through a disclosure and they've heard everything, they've said everything, the real underlying issue that they both feel is, I don't feel good enough. You know, the partner, even if intellectually she knows that this is not about her at all, This is about a medical issue. This is about a psychiatric diagnosis. This is about a condition that hijacked her husband or his wife's brain. There's still that, what was it about me that didn't feel good enough? And when I talk to addicts, and they cause this kind of pain, and they are beside themselves. You know, they don't want to have been the catalyst for all the angst that's going on in their lives, in their partner's life, and in their family's life. They carry around this big bag of shame, pain, and blame, and they too don't feel good enough. And so I'm going to ask you, regardless of which side of the fence you're on, Do you have that general sense of, um, I am not worthy. I don't feel good enough. Perhaps your fear is a little bit different, especially if you had childhood trauma on either side again of the fence, either being a sex addict or a partner. Perhaps your fears of being rejected or your fears of abandonment, or your fears of embarrassment. So think a little bit about what do you fear most in your personal life and since you have really uncovered the sexual addiction. And then work with a therapist or a coach on how to reduce that fear. I had a man who said that his wife said, I will forever be scarred. I will forever feel like this has wounded me and shaped my existence. Now, if she had just said this would forever shape my existence I would agree 100% and although there's a lot of healing that needs to be done and a lot of work in rebuilding trust um, what I know to be true is that if you're a partner or an addict and you, you work within the context of what you need to do you will be stronger as a result. An addict in recovery is really at his or her best. When they've done lots and lots of recovery and they've recreated new neural circuitry in their brain, you know, they are better than 98% of the population out there. And when a partner, whether she makes the decision to stay or to leave, when she works on herself and says, okay, now what do I need to feel safe and to feel stable and to grieve and to mourn and to restore who I am? You know, she's doing some heavy-duty work that more than likely she would not have had to do or would have chosen to do had there not been crises in her life. So again, I am all about using reframing which is saying to yourself you know you didn't ask for this you didn't want it if you're the partner you didn't choose it this is not how you wanted life to show up and now you've got to grow stronger from it and if you're the addict I say to you you know what whether it was sexual trauma reenactment or trauma reenactment um, whether it was childhood issues or whether you got caught up in something that became habitual, turned into a compulsion, and you couldn't stop. And we call that an addiction. Um, now that you've made the choice to be in recovery, you got to do the hard work so that you can really grow strong and be relationship-oriented. And work on your empathy skills and take your life to the next level. Are you willing to do that? And truly, the people that I work with, they are willing to do that. They are motivated to feel better, to right wrongs, to restore their sense of sanity and to move on in their life. You know, we have somebody um, who really attends a lot of 12-step groups, and he's always asking his buddies, the sex addicts in the group, well, is that behavior moving you towards recovery or away? If it's moving you away it's not recovery behavior. So anybody who says, "Well, you know, my deal breaking behaviors for prostitutes and infidelity and fair partners and and chat rooms, I'm telling you, pornography is not a gateway drug for me. It is not an issue. I'm not compulsive with it." Then I say, does it move you towards recovery or away? And they can't look me in the eyes And honestly say, it moves me towards recovery. They can say all they want. It does not move me away from recovery. But they can't say that it moves them towards recovery. And that is what somebody in healthy recovery does. They move towards recovery. Now, if you want to... oh find out more about some of the life skills you need, whether it be because you're a partner who's experiencing trauma or you're an addict who wants recovery, you can go to my YouTube channel, and that is Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and you'll be able to tell from the titles, you know, um, whether it's for the man or, well, I shouldn't say the man or the woman, whether it's for the addict or the partner. Because what we know to be true is that many, many, many women are afflicted with this condition, and they're not doing well. And, you know, they know it's ruining their lives, too. So go to Sex Help with Carol the Coach YouTube channel. And, you know, I've got about 30, 40 videos on how to improve your life. It's kind of a blend of coaching skills for people who are going through this and mental health skills. You know, things we would talk to anybody about, how to reduce their anxiety, how to deal with their depression, how to improve their communication. So I think you'll find that it's applicable to a lot of different people. Alright, so that's my tip for the day, and I so appreciate you joining us today. Again, we're going to learn about this retreat center that is actually, um, boy, it is in Santa Barbara, California. Well, it's actually very close to that. It's a suburb. It's in Montecito, and my friend and colleague, Dorit, I've uh, Reichenthal is opening this center, and she's going to tell us a little bit about it. I told you before, it's important, as far as I'm concerned, to appreciate your environment. Now, you know, when Tiger Woods got in his trouble, he went to an environment, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and that center is known for being very simple, very plain, um, and, and a wonderful center. But truly, a lot of people at this point feel so wounded and are, are so um, they're so wanting to find nurturance that I really believe this retreat center is all about nurturance. I mean, it has guided nature hikes and equine therapy, and it offers individual and group therapy and includes lunch and yoga and meditation. Uh, and they provide lots of intensives. And so Dorit is going to be talking about what this center has to offer and how you can find out more about it. The website is under construction, and we will keep you posted as to when that website is up and running. But in the meantime, Dorit, welcome to the Sex Help with Carol Coach show. How are you? Um,
1: well, Carol, how are you? Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We share a lot of the same hats, don't we?
1: We do. We do. We're both life coaches and therapists and huge, huge proponents and advocates for people struggling with sexual addiction and their families.
0: Well, absolutely. And I'll tell you, you really have done a great job of. Putting together curriculum that deals with a lot of different types of trauma. You are the founding board member of APSATS, which is the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists. You're a member of ITAP, which of course is Patrick Carnes and Stephanie Carnes' organization. You do imago therapy, which I think is probably in the top three. Um, couples work that that really gets down to the wounding that occurs before the coupleship. And so I was wondering, can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to specialize in sexual addiction and relational trauma, partner trauma, and intimacy uh, anorexia? So, you
1: know, sex addiction is, something, so many of us. And I realized that this goes way, way, way back in my family history, and I became very interested and passionate about helping couples heal from the painful wounds of sexual addiction. And it's not just helping couples heal, but it's really helping families heal. Because I approach this from a perspective of generational trauma, and um, you know, we could look culturally at you know at the vast um, variety of cultures, and we all develop different coping strategies: alcohol, drugs, food, sex, and. We need to begin to develop healthier coping strategies and break the cycle. Um, and so I am passionate about helping families heal.
0: And I'm very well, fortunate
1: to have it. You have of- gotten
0: so much training, and you would think that the buck would stop there, and you would just provide workshops and family therapy and couples therapy and individual and group therapy. So, what in the world made you decide to open up a retreat center and and make it a place for safety and stabilization for anybody who is really hurting?
1: So, you know, working with traumatized people, and the reality is when we whether we I'm doing a partner trauma intensive or a private couples intensive everyone is traumatized um, you know we at, at appstats we talk about for the partner the impact of sex addiction is like a 9.0 earthquake and for the addict it's like a 7.5 because for the partner the discovery and the multi layers of trauma for the addict it's the impact that it having on his spouse or his loved ones and I realized that people need a place to heal where they feel safe because trauma is all about the shattered inner and outer world and so creating a place where people feel safe nurtured in nature have the ability to be surrounded by by mountains and yet be able to see the ocean, walk through the gardens, um, the vineyards, the orchards. It's a place of tranquility. And it's about using nature and all of the resources that we have to help people heal. And in terms yeah, of the that's training obvious continue i was going to say in terms of the training the more i learn the more i realize we still have so much more to understand when it comes to sex addiction and trauma i think this is just really we're still in maybe not infancy but we still have a whole lot to learn when it comes to helping families heal
0: Okay, and so clearly, this center, you've actually been working on it for how long? So, it's been a dream
1: of mine, I would say,
0: for probably
1: the past 10 years. And in the last four or five months, it came to fruition, I've been doing with Dan Drake, another one of our colleagues and AppStats co-founder, and Janice Cottle. We've been doing private couples intensives and partners intensives, um, but this has been a dream of mine. And, um, yeah, making it happen and getting the word out.
0: And so describe for us a little bit about where you hold the event, the different rooms that are available. You know, just kind of walk us through what we would see if we came to your retreat center, again, in a suburb of Santa Barbara, Montecito.
1: Yeah, so Montecito is really beautiful. And this is um, on Toro Canyon, and it's just about, a mile and a half up the road, so we have a, an ocean view, and it's a Mediterranean villa. So you come in, and as you come in, you're surrounded by mountains with olive trees and orange trees, lemon trees, and roses, and it sort of feels like you're in the middle of Tuscany um, or the south of France. And there's a six six bedroom main house where um, each person has their own private room and bathroom. Uh, we also have a two bedroom guest house where we do the private couples intensive. The group intensives are done in the main house, uh, whereas the private intensives are done in the guest house. And guests have the opportunity to use all of the amenities, the pool, the bocce court. We provide yoga, meditation, art therapy, equine therapy. Um, We do daily nature walks. So either we hike the trails or we walk down to the beach and walk along the beach because, as you know, with trauma, it's really important to get get the brain and the body connected again because the brain and the body disconnect with trauma. And so there's, you know, quite a bit of physical work because we want us walking and breathing and developing resources to begin to heal the painful traumatic wounds of sex addiction.
0: And and so tell me, obviously, you are going to be providing intensives and workshops and and couple therapy and family therapy, group therapy, individual theory, therapy. What types of programs I mean what kind of work will people be doing what kind of population are you looking for here so really
1: anyone who's struggling with the aftermath of sex addiction and so we've got we we basically have boutique intensive workshops and we cater it to whatever The individual or the couple needs. So, for example, if someone has a a discovery and they want to participate in a partner's intensive or a couple's intensive, we've done intensives where a couple's come in for um, a discovery and We ended up spending three out of the four days working on helping, putting together a roadmap and helping the family heal because the children were traumatically impacted. We do disclosure intensives. We do um, post-disclosure intensives, helping to put couples back together after a traumatic intensive. You know, there's a lot of work that's done individually where an addict may go to a sex addiction intensive and a partner may go to a partner trauma intensive. But we also offer intensives to the couple in that early stage where we may start out in the morning together with the couple. Then we'll split up because I do work with a team. And then in the afternoon, we may come back together again. And so we really cater it to whatever the couple needs. Now, we do partner trauma intensive and, you know, pre-disclosure, post-disclosure, helping couples prepare for disclosure. You know, so often we prepare the individuals for disclosure, either the addict or the partner, I also prepare the coupleship because we know that it not only impacts the individual's disclosure, but it impacts the coupleship. And how do we prepare the coupleship for disclosure? Um, we also offer um, or will be offering intensives for people who don't survive um, recovery, where maybe there's chronic relapse and divorce, and the special needs that people who are divorcing um, need to tackle when there hasn't been the type of closure or recovery that one may hope for as they begin this journey of recovery. And then, finally... It's also about training therapists. You know, we have wonderful training programs um, for, to become sex addiction therapists, to become partner trauma therapists. But I'm offering workshops for therapists who want to do deeper work with couples And also for therapists who have no experience or coaches who have no experience working with sex addiction and want to begin to have a basic understanding of what it is and most importantly, who and when to refer because um, so often people don't know what it is of you know, people want to help, professionals want to help. And this is really a very highly specialized field. That was a long-winded answer.
0: I... Well, I love that you said it's, you know, it's boutique therapy, workshops, intensives. You pretty much find out what healing needs to occur, and then you provide that in the most efficient and um, accessible way.
1: And it's also bringing in the professionals that can most help because couples are all different and people need different services. And so it's really important to have a team around you that you trust, that you work with, and that you can work together to help your clients heal. And 100%. so I've developed these, yeah, and I've developed this team both in Barbara and Los Angeles, and I've got people who also come in from other parts of the country that can help with these intensives, and I also so, travel i think mean, i I will also go to different places um,
0: as well, so what it helped me I wonder. What made you name your center? It it obviously has some um, special meaning. Yeah. Is it Kintsugi? Yes, it's
1: Kintsugi, and it's gotten a lot of attention recently. There's a song, but it basically is a Japanese art form. And um, Dan Drake, Janice Cottle, and I, we do a lot of work together. And so... We all believe in this, um, really, it's this beautiful Japanese art form. There was a Japanese emperor whose bowl was shattered. It was his favorite bowl. And he sent this bowl out to be repaired. And when it was returned, it looked worse than ever. And um, when it went back out for repair again, because... um, It meant so much to him. It was, they took the shattered um, pottery and glued it together with um, melted gold. And when it was returned to the king, he was delighted because it was even more beautiful. Even though it had been shattered and broken, it was transformed and molded into this beautiful new bowl. And um, in many ways, that's what happens to our couples and families. You know, they come in and they're so shattered and so broken. And the gift of recovery is all about transforming. And you never go back to who you were, not as individuals and not as a couple, but, with recovery, you can transform into having an even more beautiful relationship,
0: yeah, you know in early stages of discovery and then disclosure, it's hard to convey that and i, I and I know that you and I would both agree it may not be appropriate initially because there's so much pain and wounding and sorrow and grief and mourning, but when people begin to feel that safety and stabilization and then they really do grieve and mourn and they do the discovery and disclosure process and they develop support, they begin to find an inner strength that they weren't even aware that they had Anytime trauma occurs. Uh, it, it provides for inner strength, and that's part of that beauty of that bowl. Um, I love that and concept you know, because it reminds people that
1: reframing's important. It is, and you know there's something else that um you know I've been doing this work now for about ten years, and when I came into this um, there's a lot of focus on. The sex addict and recovery and partner trauma, and being very careful um, in terms of um, not blaming, shaming, judging, criticizing, you know being very, very sensitive you know to the you know the addict's um, shame response or shame spiral and one of the things that I've discovered is that Addicts really want to do a whole lot more Partners Heal. And, you know, I often say to the addict in the very beginning, you know, you broke it. You see, you feel the damage. And it's so painful for both of you. And you can help her heal. And we can coach you. We can help you to help her heal because when the addict right from the get-go takes on the ownership and the responsibility to help her heal, that increases his self-esteem. And as the self-esteem increases, the ego decreases or the narcissism, and that's really where the healing is. And so often, especially in the early stages, we have we do so much work on the individual, but in reality, couples often live in the same household, and we have to help them in those early days stabilize and we have to help them set boundaries. But when we add this component of really empowering the addict to understand the impact and help her heal, and then over time helping the partner help the addict heal, it takes on a whole different meaning because this is where the repair is in the relationship. And it's a really beautiful process to watch.
0: Well, and, you know, one of the things that that I really believe is that it's empowering for both the addict because now he can right some of the wrongs or he can work on the collateral damage and see that he actually can help to repair that and then it's empowering for the partner because more often than not, it's a she. She wants to know that she comes first. She wants to know that she's important. She wants to know that he's working towards reconciliation and restoration and and repair. So it it begins to build that process of trust that was definitely broken, but sometimes I find that partners have said, you know, I didn't even really realize what trust was until this happened to me. And then I was afraid I'd never get it back. And it sounds like you teach the addicts how to develop that trust and intimacy and connection.
1: Because you're you're absolutely right, Carol, because the healing is If sex addiction is an intimacy disorder, then the healing comes with intimacy, which is into me you see. And when we empower the addict to really see the pain and go to great lengths to help his partner heal, you know, I... I work with couples and I teach addicts how to help, you know, pull the partner out of the trigger. It's a technique, you know, called trigger busters. And I remember the first um, addict that I coached teaching him trigger busters. And I said, you know, every time you pull your partner out of the trauma vortex, Pull her out of the trigger, which is so painful and, and terrifying. You cement another craft in the foundation of the relationship. And I remember after I taught him Trigger Busters, he came back and said, you know, this is like black magic. I don't know how it works, but it does. And it's like, yeah, you can do that. This. this isn't so hard if you just really understand it and get it. You can do this, and you can exponentially speed up your partner's healing by validating having empathy for her triggers and ultimately repairing your relationship.
0: Well, and, and Dort, I have to tell you, I know I'm from the Midwest, and I know that may make a It makes some difference, I'm not sure, but the majority of addicts that I work with that come to see me for recovery really want to put their relationship back together. They're not cheating, lying scoundrels that want to continue to gaslight and um, fool and con their wives. They want a better life for themselves and their partners, and so when you said the, um, did you call it the trauma vortex? Yeah, it is. It's,
1: it's like Alice free falling down the rabbit hole. And literally, he reaches down and literally scoops her out of that vortex. Because with trauma, we know you're spinning, you're flooded, you can't put words to feelings. And your brain and your body are disconnected. And the attic is empowered to help her bring her brain back online. And we teach him techniques. And we work in session to see what feels comfortable. What can we do? How can he support her so that she feels safe um, as her brain comes back online?
0: So just for the heck of it, um, tell us a little bit about this trigger busters. That's a a new – I know I've read about it, but I doubt that my listening audience in the last four years has ever heard that term. So share with our listening audience where that came from and give us some examples. Okay. So, you know, typically
1: um, an addict – can walk into a room and look at his partner's face and it's that, uh uh-oh, she's triggered. She's got that look. And so the first thing the addict wants to do is check in with her. Are you triggered? What's happening? And, you know, she may have a fight response where she gets angry and starts, you know, really expressing her anger or maybe her rage or fear. Um, and that, so, so he wants to validate. And she may have a slight response, which means if she needs to get away, you let her get away. Because once she's having the fight, flight, freeze response, and we negotiate this in session. We come up with some strategy. So let's just say she's having a fight response. He can gently say to her, "I see you're triggered. It makes sense to me that you're triggered." Doesn't matter if you don't under if you don't even know what the trigger is. She's, um, you know, has. Maybe, you know, complex trauma or PTSD as a result of this sex addiction. You can make sense that, uh uh-oh, something triggered her. And I could see just how angry or scared or whatever it is that you're visualizing, you're seeing, and so you're validating her experience. I can see just how triggered you are. And then I explain to the addict and I say, look, If this is just a bad trigger and it's not a relapse, then you go on to the next step. If it's a relapse or a slip, stop. Do not want to, um, you don't want to lie, and you certainly don't want to um, gaslight her, alter her reality. But if it's truly a trigger, you want to validate her experience and say, I can see just how triggered you are. I can see how scared you are. And it's a really bad trigger. You're safe. I'm not doing anything right now to put you at risk. And we negotiate in session. I have your back. Do a little somatic. If it's okay with the partner, Is it okay if he, like, puts his hand gently on her back or on her shoulders? The partner will say, no, I don't want to be touched, or I want to be, you know, put pressure on my shoulder or on my back or maybe the back of my head so that that symbolizes, that touch symbolizes you're safe, I've got your back, I'm not It's a bad trigger. It's reminding you of something that I've done in the past, but I'm not doing that now. I'm right here with you. You're safe. I've got your back. And as her body begins to relax and he notices the shoulders dropping and she's able to breathe again, you know, again, we negotiate hand and maybe hold her hand. Does she just want to be held like a non-sexual hold? And once she's fully in her body, um, she can then talk and begin to share what just happened. Oh, it was a really awful trigger. You know, when you didn't call, when you were late, I thought the worst. I thought you were at a strip club or whatever that trigger was. Well, and so I feel like
0: you said that, you know, because I'm telling you, Dort, oftentimes women in general don't know what they need until they're coached and until that we emphasize how important it is to reflect and know what you need. And if a woman or a man, depending on whoever the partner is, but in this case, if a woman is traumatized and gets re-triggered, it really does affect her executive functioning in the front of her brain, and she may not know exactly what she needs. So you're, you're doing two things with her, and I love this. You are giving her some time to identify what needs she may have and what she needs for safety. And then, with permission, you're allowing the addict to be part of the Part of the solution. And that, that is such a beautiful um, exercise that really enhances connection and intimacy. Yeah,
1: because with trauma, um, oftentimes the partner can't put words to feelings. She can't even verbalize. I don't know how many partners have said, I can't talk. I can't even tell him. And of course, you can't, because that's what happens. Alexithymia, the inability to put words to feelings, that's what happens with a trigger. And by negotiating this ahead of time, and having them practice, when a trigger actually happens, he's ready, prepared. He knows what to do, and. When he pulls her out of that trauma vortex, talk about empowerment for both and reconnection. It's pretty amazing.
0: 100%. So I'm just so impressed with the work that you do and... You know, we both taught at APSATS with Barbara Steffens, the president of APSATS, and we trained a whole new group of partner uh, trainees. And I know you helped to write the curriculum for that training to begin with. So, you know, obviously a founding board member, but also part of the reason that women and men are becoming so healthy. And so now you have this beautiful retreat center. I want you to tell our listening audience um, how they can get a hold of you if they want information. If they, Since the website is still under construction, what can we do about that? How can they? How okay, can they... so
1: the new website is under
0: construction. The
1: old website is still alive and well. So the old website oh. is Dorit, D-O-R-I-T, Reichenthal R-E-I-C-H-E-N-T-A-L dot com, and my telephone number is three one zero seven two one two one one nine. Um, and I'm more than happy to provide information um, about couples retreats partner trauma intensive and workshops.
0: Well, thank you. So one more time, just go ahead, and I can send anybody who didn't have a pen or wasn't able to get the full website down, but one more time, give us the website.
1: It's doritreikenthal.com. So D as in David, O-R-I-T as in Tom, R dot com, And the number is 310-721-2119.
0: Thank you. And, of course, anybody who's listening to the show, when you go to the descriptor of tonight's show, I have spelled out her name so that you will have that. And really, we're talking it's hername.com. Dorette Reichenthal. So now I've got just a couple more questions for you before we end. And, you know, one of the things that I get so many requests on is people want to know if sexual addiction and narcissistic abuse or narcissistic victim syndrome are synonymous. And, of course, I say no, 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 they're not synonymous, but there has been a lot of attention On these two issues. Can you tell us a little bit about whether you'll be addressing that in the workshops and maybe a little bit about what is narcissistic abuse and narcissistic victim syndrome?
1: So, you know, we we talk a lot about sex addiction going, you know, a lot of people who struggle with sexual addiction also struggle with narcissism. And both, coping strategies. Narcissism is a defense in childhood um, where the child did not have maybe an attuned mother and wasn't able to get their needs met. And over time, developed abusive tactics that... um, is really a form of severe emotional and psychological abuse. Now, we often talk about sex addiction and narcissism, but most recently there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of research done on the impact of narcissistic abuse. And I highly recommend that your readers read Cannonville's book, on the three faces of evil. And basically, you can't change what you don't know. So victims of narcissism uh, are traumatically impacted, and those that suffer from narcissism are also in a lot of pain. And so we really talk about this, narcissistic victim syndrome and help both the narcissist and the partner. The narcissist isn't always the addict. It, you know, anyone can struggle with narcissism. But what that looks like and the degree of abusive behavior that goes with that is really important to Understand and change the behaviors because if those behaviors don't change, it's going to undermine the the person's recovery, the couple's recovery. And in many ways it's no different than being in a domestic violence relationship.
0: Oh, absolutely. Are there any other books that you would recommend for people that are dealing with betrayal trauma or for addicts that want to repair their relationship or, again, on narcissism?
1: Sure. So I talked about, on narcissism, Christina DeCasso's book, uh, The Three Faces of Evil. Um, Of course, Barb Steffen's book, Your Sexually Addicted Spouse. Dan Drake and Wendy Conquest just wrote a new book that came out a couple weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago. It's Letters from a Sex Addict. Now, Wendy wrote a book. Wendy Conquest wrote the book a couple of years ago, uh, Letters to a Sex Addict. This is the companion, Letters from a Sex Addict. And I coupled in early recovery, both books are so important to understand the stages, the normal stages um, of recovery, and what each are feeling as they're going through the recovery process. Um, so I also like. Um, getting and I just the want to water. tell our listeners
0: we have Wendy and Dan on the show, and it'll be the eleventh of September, September eleventh. So. Uh, this book is amazing, and I want you to know about it. So continue. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you said they're going to be on the show because it is—they it, really—it's an amazing book, and I think it's going to be very helpful to both addicts and partners. And you know, I think getting the love you want, because I think imagotherapy therapy is a great uh, communication tool, and it's really helpful to understand why we're attracted to one another and how we bring each other to the brink of disaster, but yet we also have the capacity to help each other heal. And then um, Sue Johnson's Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy or um, Hold Me Tight. And lastly, um, oh, Stan Tatkin's book, why, I believe it's Wired for Love.
0: Fantastic. Well, I know that you are offering right now um, partner retreat intensives, about maybe one per month with up to six partners per retreat, and one to two couple intensives per month. And therapist training programs are obviously offered seasonally. So you've got a lot going on there. I encourage, again, our listeners. To contact you directly. I mean, who, if you have to do this work, who wouldn't want to be in Italy, right? And for anybody who just signed on, she's not really in Italy. She's in a suburb of California, uh, uh, Santa Barbara, and she her place is is decked out in olive trees and orange trees, and there's mountains. And equine therapy, small vineyards, a pool, bocce, there's yoga, meditation, guided nature hikes. I mean, this is a place to get healthy from all aspects of your life. So I encourage you, again, to look at the Kinsunki um, Center for Healing. Say a little bit more.
1: No, the Kinsugi Center for Healing.
0: Yeah. Got it. And if you need to see um, the website, although she's got a new website coming, the old one is still up, and that is under Dorit Rigendahl, which is D-O-R-I-T-R-E-I-C-H-E-N-T-A-L.com. And that's how you can get more information about this wonderful retreat center that does nothing to pr- promote serenity, good mental health, and couple relationships as well as individual too. So Dorit, thank you so much. I, you know, when you were talking about this, I reached out to you and I said I've got to have you on the show. I really want people to know about this retreat center. So I just wish you the best luck, and I want you to keep us posted of the programming so we can have you back on.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Carol. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: You are welcome, and I look forward to seeing us someday. The next time I'm out in California. Open invitation, always. Thank you. (gasps) All right, George. Thank you, and have a great night. Okay, we're at the end of our show, and I can't emphasize enough. How much I appreciate you listening in. I think you learned a lot tonight about couples and relationships and trigger busters and narcissism and cooperation and negotiation and all those couple skills we need to work through partner betrayal and sex addiction recovery. So I will see you next week for more Sex Help with Carol and the Coach. Um, But you know what? In the meantime, there will only be one of you at all times, so I fearlessly want you to have the courage to be yourself and just make it a great week.